plug. And uh, we weren't planning on being here today, so you may have heard that I was supposed to be gone, and that was true, but just wanted to come back a couple days early and be here with you today, so I hope that's okay with you. Um, and we got a lot going on around here. I unplug a little bit, and a fire starts happening, and our sound man blows his hamstring out, and softball, and you know, all kinds of crazy stuff, but uh, I hope you have come today ready to worship and engage the presence of the Lord today. I, I do believe he's got great things in store for us corporately, but I, I also believe that he's got something in store for you personally. If you'll just make the choice to open up your heart and your mind for whatever it is that he has for you today. There are a few things uh, I want to make you aware of. I do hope you received one of these on your way in today. Please take time to look through that. There is helpful stuff in here. Uh, one change from our normal activity, the uh, open gym that has been going on on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's just going to be Thursday only this week and really for the rest of the summer. Right, Pastor Jake? Okay. Okay. So if, if you've got kids that are, have been connected in with Open Gym or you were going to connect them in with Open Gym, Thursdays only starting this week, and what is the time on that? 10 to 12. Oh, here we go. It's right above my head. Good. 10 to 12 this Thursday. All right. Um, okay. I talked to Woodland Park Police Department this morning, and our church is at the top of the list. Uh, for people that are going to need to be evacuated out. Um, our parking lot is going to be a landing spot for RVs, campers, people that are needing to evacuate, and they will have uh, vehicles like that to do that in. Our parking lot is perfect for it because we have electricity in all of our light poles. We have uh, outlets. So um, certainly pass on the word. If, if you are connected in with somebody that is going to have to evacuate um, and they're looking for a place to land. They can land here for free, and we have electricity. Now, we don't have sewer taps, okay? We don't, uh, we, and we don't have running water for everybody. But what I'd like for us to do is have a stockpile of bottled water um, for anybody that might need help with that. So I'm putting that out there to the church family. If sometime during this week, if you hit Walmart or whatever, and you could get a couple of cases of bottled water and just bring them in and drop them off. We'll keep a stockpile of that going. And whoever needs help, when they come our direction, we'll be able to offer that to them. That would be greatly appreciated. Uh, we don't know of anyone inside of our church family right now that has been evacuated unless somebody raises their hand and says, us or I know someone. And I've got no... Okay, so inside of our church family, no one has been evacuated, but we have a number of folks that are on um, pre-evacuation orders. So we're going to be mindful of that. We're going to have a poignant time today of prayer over our community. We need rain, right? We can go ahead and ask for that. So that's something that we're going to do today. And um, But I just wanted to make you aware of the fact that at some point you might start seeing lots of campers or tents or whatever out here, 
And let's just embrace our community this way, especially those that become displaced. Um, We can be the hands and feet of Jesus to them during this time. I want to invite Pastor Scott, our youth pastor, up. He's got a couple of things to make us aware of. Howdy. A uh, couple teen announcements. We have a dessert auction fundraiser in two weeks, July 15th. We need some desserts. we got a lot of people signed up for that, but we also need buyers. So we need people to stay after. We're just going to have it right after the service right here. I'm going to be the auctioneer. I've been working on my fast-forward voice, all of that. So it should be fun. Come out, buy dessert or seven, please. That would be wonderful. Help these guys get to Zuni. Waterworld, we've got a lot of trips going on. Um, also, our all-nighters tonight, we're welcoming our sixth graders, um, 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. So we got a new time for tonight, but that's it. Come on out July 15th. All right, good stuff. So today is, uh, we, we kind of enter into uh, Freedom Week, Independence Day week, and we want to take some time this morning uh, to honor America, and thank God for the freedom that we have. So I want to ask you to stand up with me. Um, Our flag is right here. I want to start this morning by saying the Pledge of Allegiance. So if you'll join me in that, I pledge allegiance. Well, let's sing together. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of gray. We got words. For purple mountain majesties. Hallelujah. 
take a moment to on purpose open ourselves up. Father, we quiet our hearts. We breathe. We have so much to be grateful for. Reminded that your mercies are new every day. That today we are free, we are clean, there's no condemnation. Your Holy Spirit is speaking. We're thankful for that. Father, now we turn our eyes to you. For some of us, it's been a while. But we're reminded today to fix our eyes on Jesus, the starter and finisher of our faith. Bless the Lord, oh my soul.
That I 
Jesus, sing for all that you've done for me. Amen. You may be seated. And as we continue, I think uh, there's lots of things that we as Americans, we blow out our hamstring and there's doctors that can fix it. Lots of things that we can fix, we can kind of control, we, at least we think we can. But there's something about fire and there's something about rain that we as Americans have not figured out yet how to make it rain and where exactly we need it to rain. We are completely, utterly dependent. We are completely out of control. We've got everyone and their dog out there trying to fight this fire and it's gonna go and blow. King Solomon, way back a long time ago, God told him to build a temple, and he built a temple. So Solomon finished the temple of the Lord, as well as the royal palace. He completed everything he had planned to do in the construction of the temple and the palace. Then one night the Lord appeared to Solomon, and he said, I have heard your prayers and I have chosen this temple as the place of making sacrifices. At time I may shut up the heavens so that no rain falls. Do you remember last summer? Was it last summer? We got a ton of rain. I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or I may command grasshoppers to devour your crops or I may send fire and plagues among you. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will figure out that they are not God and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will restore their land. May eyes be my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer, to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever, forever and ever. Thousands of years after that was written, God is still asking us to seek his face, to turn from our wicked ways, to pray for heaven, to pray for rain, to pray that he will spare our land. Father, we are out of control. We are powerless to control. 
And you say, when we are weak, you are strong. When we are powerless, you are powerful. Remind us, Father, that you are God and that we are not. We're at your mercy. Listen, right here. You calm my rage and cease. <laughs> Listen. You walk with me through fire. Heal my disease. He calls it the trust. I trust.
shepherd. I have everything I need. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I'm wondering how many fires are burning in our own lives. I wonder what feels completely out of control in our family, in our kids, in our finances in our country, on the news. Father, we are faced with so much fear. Things are completely out of control. Our marriage. Father, you remind us that you want to get right inside of it. Father, that everything Anything is possible. Todd, you ain't seen my finances. Everything is possible. Will you implant that in our heart by your spirit right now? Everything is possible. Anything is possible. Our little minds cannot wrap around how you're going to do something. We can't figure it out. The weatherman says that it ain't coming. But Father, we're going to turn to somebody who's way bigger than the weatherman, who's way smarter about our marriage, who is way more wise and has owns the cattle on a thousand hills as far as our finances go. Father, we're going to turn to you and not to Channel 5. Remind us that you are a redeemer, that you are a fixer of broken things. Help us remember that. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken and I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive.
tell him, remind yourself what he is Lord and King over. What feels out of control? You tell him, you admit it to him.
shall soon dissolve my soul. to you they are not just words of a pretty song but they are cries from the depths of who we are no matter what our reality has been coming into this room today whether we have been feeling threatened by a fire or not whether we have been experiencing oppression from the enemy or not, whether we've been walking through the fires of life, whether whatever kind of struggle may be or not, we make a declaration today that you are our king. You are our God. You are our Lord. You are our king. Our faith is in you. Our trust is fundamentally and implicitly in you today. You are the way, the truth, and the life. We celebrate today because you are our salvation. We know that we have eternity ahead of us with you so we can celebrate regardless of what is happening in our here and now we can that is enough for us to give us celebration today the fact that we get eternity with you but even in the here and the now our chains are gone our chains are gone deliverance is ours today freedom is ours today and it's not just an American thing. It's a God thing. It's a kingdom thing. You bled and died on a cross over 2,000 years ago so that we could have freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So we celebrate our freedom in you today. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. Thank you for what you're doing even right now in this moment inside of our stuff, inside of our struggles, inside of our battles, inside of the, the impossibilities. Your freedom is ours today, inside of all of it, in spite of all of it. You are our redeemer, you are our overcomer. We we walk on the waters of our, of our storms because we're walking with you. 
Our eyes are fixed on you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So we come to you now with our needs. We come to you now with our, with our community, our corporate needs. We have this fire that is burning. We have many fires in our state that are burning. We have this one that is in our backyard. We pray now for those that are standing on the front lines battling it, for their safety, for strength, that you'll keep them hydrated and well-fed and well-nourished. Give them the strength to do what they do best to protect us. I pray for those that have been evacuated, those that have been displaced, that are, that are frustrated, are, are, are scared, are, are upset. I pray that right now in this moment they will feel your peace on them. Whether they believe in you in this moment or not, that they will sense your presence coming around them now. That they will be drawn to know you. Drawn to rely on you. Drawn to turn to you, to look to you to come to belief in you. May we be your hands and your feet during this trying time. Regardless of what happens, regardless of what unfolds today and the days to come, we will be your hands and your feet for our neighbors, for, this, for those that we love and for those that we don't know. May they experience your love and your light through us during this time. We celebrate this week our nation's independence. We thank you for a country that we get to live in that offers us freedom and real protection and and. Um, and, and gives us space to worship you freely. There are men and women today that are fighting wars outside of our borders on our behalf. Men and women that we know that are, that are a part of our church family or that are a part of our local families that are that are putting themselves on the front lines on behalf of our country and I'm asking that you will protect them that you will surround them with your strength with your protection and that they will sense your presence right now no matter where in the world they might be no matter what they might be doing now may they know that they're being prayed for by us whisper in their ears now you got them and I pray for their loved ones here that you will surround them with your peace and whisper in their ears, you, you've got them. It's, what else can we do except bring our needs to you, Jesus, with real trust and faith. Our very lives are in your hands. Thank you for what you have done, for what you're doing now, and we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name.
we all prayed and everybody said. You may be seated. And as you're doing so, I want to invite our ushers to move into place. We want to continue our time of worship through our giving. Thank you for the sacrificial giving that you have been doing. And uh, we know that God is the meter of our needs. And we believe that he's doing so with our families and we, he's going to do so, continue to do so with our church family. So Jesus, take what we have to offer you today. Use it, bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it, build your church with it, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Nothing is impossible for you. Say amen. Amen. Make that, make that your reality. Uh, I want to invite George Maddie up here with me. You should know George. He's one of our board members. And um, George um, was our main leader in getting this building built. So, again, we thank you for that, George. Um, George has been connected in with uh, a group of ministers that once a year they come together and they do um, missionary work. A uh, long time they went to Mexico. They stopped going to Mexico when that became unsafe. One year they actually did work right here. They put up all the framing of this building. 
um, a, a group of 20, 30 people, some pastors, some laymen, uh, and every year this group gets together. So I want you to talk about what you've been, done the last couple of years and how you have connected in with Pastor Michael, who is going to be speaking to us today. You're on. Good morning. Thank you for giving the opportunity to uh, speak to you a little bit this morning and do a brief introduction. Uh, Pastor said to be brief, relevant. So I'll start in 1965. Uh, uh, he was off on the numbers just a, just a little bit. In 1987, there was two. And over the years, there's been hundreds of people who have volunteered. Many of you who are here today have uh, helped on these trips, even on this trip here and at Golden Bell and uh, several other places in the U.S. We still continue to work in Mexico every year through proxy. We, we can still help and still build churches every single year. And then through this, uh, this nondescript, non-named, it's not even sanctioned by the, well, it's 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 given permission to operate under the Nazarene Church, but it's not governed by the Nazarene Church. It helps the Nazarene Church in its ministries around the world. And uh, through, the, through that help, I had the opportunity to work with Pastor Brian on a couple trips. And uh, we worked in a place called Cactus Nazarene Ministry. It was just a little piece of dirt in Cactus, Texas, near Dumas. Does anybody, probably some people have driven by there. It's not a very big town, but it's a group where many refugees have come from other countries. And they said, we're going to start this ministry, and in this ministry, we're going to start it, and we're going to build a little church right here, and, and we'll see how it goes. The ministry has just blossomed. It's grown. There's 5,000 people, 29 languages, and uh, an incredible ministry. Many different people are coming uh, to be Christians who were Muslim in other countries. During one of these trips, I got the privilege of meeting a Pastor Michael Gatkik. Pastor Michael is from Sudan. And uh, I get a little emotional. Uh, he told me his story, and I, every time I hear a, a new story, <clears throat> excuse me, every time I hear a new story, I get excited. So uh, I'm excited to introduce Pastor Michael. He's from Sudan. Uh, he invited me to go to Ethiopia, and uh, I jokingly brushed shoulders with uh, Pastor Brian, and he said, I said to him, hey, how'd you like to go to Ethiopia? And he said, man, I'd really like to go. And uh, so Pastor Brian gets to go on this trip. We leave on Friday. Uh, we're going to go for seven days. It's going to be a lot of fun. Pastor Michael has started African Relief Ministries to help those who are widows and orphans living in refugee camps and in very poor conditions in Ethiopia, bordering Sudan. Uh, Pastor Michael, would you come up front, please? Thank you, Pastor Michael. Good morning. I'm so delighted to be here this morning. Uh, my name is Michael Gatek. I'm from South Sudan. I've been in the state for 18 years. I am the father of eight children. My wife, uh, 
I'm a church planner, working with the Church of the Nazarene, both U.S. and Canada. I'm the coordinator of Sudanese Nazarene Ministry. Uh, since I came here, I started planning churches. I just came back from Canada this week. So I went there to attend the ordination of one of the Sudanese uh, pastor who was going to who already got ordained as, uh, as an ordained minister. So I've been involved in, uh, with our denominations. I joined the Church of the Nazarene in 1996, and I was actually the first person who introduced the Church of the Nazarene to the Sudanese uh, in 1996, because in South Sudan, uh, we have two big denominations, Presbyterian Church, uh, Catholics, and Episcopal. So they divided the country into three regions in which uh, Presbyterians cannot even allow Catholics to do any work in their territory. And Catholics cannot even allow Presbyterians to do any work in, in their region as well as Episcopal. So they divided the country in that, in that way, in which that also create hatred uh, among themselves, even though they call themselves Christians, yet there is still a division within the community uh, level. But in 1996, God called me into the Church of the Nazarene, and that was an opening door for many Sudanese people to see another denomination entering into their life and Part of what makes it important is who we are as a holiness denominations. That actually uh, brought a great change uh, in, uh, in Sudanese community. So when I came to the States, I was able to uh, start planning churches. I planned four churches in Omaha, Nebraska in 2006. Uh, 2002, I planned one church in Calgary, Canada. 2014, I planned one church in Alaska. And then uh, 2014 as well, I uh, was able to uh, plan a church in Cactus, where George just mentioned right now. Uh, we have a Sudanese congregation in Cactus, uh, a Sudanese congregation in Gaiman, Sudanese congregation in Amarillo. Uh, we have another uh, uh, one of the uh, Sudanese or African mixed uh, church in, uh, in Dallas. So uh, in 2016, God was able to use our church uh, to extend our ministry back home to an area where there is no church of the Nazarene called Awil. In that, is, in that state, we planned at least a 36 church in 2016. And that was the extension of our ministry in, uh, in Umbrello. Uh, God is wonderful. God is wonderful. So uh, we have said a sick church it started in 2016 uh, because of the health of, of our district and because of, of the prayer and, and the way we, we, we give our life to, to Jesus. So that's, that's, that's a little bit about what I've been doing with our denomination. I've been involving with our denominations and and I will continue doing the same thing. In 2004, I had 
uh, a dream of this ministry, African Relief Ministry. It's a ministry that actually helps widows and orphans, and at the same time training pastors uh, with peace and reconciliation. Uh, I remember in 2009 when we went to South Sudan, uh, we invited uh, the governor of that state to come and uh, give often remark to all 110 pastors. And this governor, who is now with the Lord, he died in 2014. He just came and he spoke to us and said, Brothers, let me tell you this. He said, this program is very beneficial to our community. He said, if South Sudanese people will not lean to the peace process, he said, South Sudan will be like Rwanda. That was his dream in 2009. So in 2013, his dream came true. So December 15, 2013, the, the massacre took place in the capital city of South Sudan called Juba, where we have these two tribes, Nuer and Denka. I'm from Nuer and uh, the second largest tribe in the country. And Denka are the largest tribe in the country. And they, they are the one leading the country. The president is from them. So the president uh, decided to silence everybody in the country. And he felt if he, he silent Nuer, then he can lead for life. No one can say anything to him. So he ended up killing 35,000 people for one day, door by door, you see, door by door. And uh, on that day, while the killing was actually taking place, I have one of the men that I've been working with him, uh, his name is Peter. He's actually involving in the government. And uh, I call him and say, Peter, what is going on in the country? He said, Michael, we are just waiting to die. Uh, the, the, the people who are killing people, they are now next to our house. And his house is the tallest building in that community. And he has 100 people leaving who, who run into his house. You see, they thought he has a power, but he don't have a power. And I say, Peter, why don't we pray? You see, they were waiting to, to be killed because they are now being targeted. Then I start praying with Peter. And after I finished praying, he just told to everybody who was actually in the house and said, let's pray together. So I was actually praying with him on the telephone and, and, and just asking God to do something so that these people can, can see the power of God. So the killing started going on. People were crying outside. You see, guns are being shot. And uh, Peter's house was the only place that no one went even to the door. God was able to protect them. God was able to protect those hundred people who were helpless, who were supposed to die on that day. You see, and through prayer, God was able to protect them and send all his angels to guide the house. And that's where we are today. That's why I'm going to share with you the power of prayer. 
That's my message to you today. What it means to pray, what God can do when you pray. You see, and how you can communicate with God. You see, why prayer is important. You see, why do we need to come to the church? So that's the topic that we will be uh, speaking. Or that, that, that's the message that we will be sharing today. The power of prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, so before that, I, I'm going to show a quick presentation about Africa Relief Ministry. Uh, Brother Josh, uh, I'm so happy to get to know you, uh, uh, Pastor Brian. Uh, I will be traveling with them, and uh, I'm so delighted to be here because uh, many family, uh, the family of Brother George and uh, Pastor Brian, would, they, they would know who's going with them, you see, so that when, when they leave, you know that, yeah, they are going with Pastor Michael. And I think that will give you a little bit of comfort, you see, you know that they they are safe and they are going with somebody who came and speak to you. So I hope somebody there who is going to show us some, uh, some presentation about African Relief Ministry. Uh, when you see two hands, this was actually the time when I had the dream. Uh, the dream came to me like, Many people who died during the war in my country came to me at night and said, give us food and we will get meal somewhere. And I just woke up my wife and said, there is something going on. And then I started sharing the dream with my wife that I saw many people who died in our country coming to me and asking me for food. What did that mean? Why in the world that dead people come to me and then we start praying over it. So on, uh, on that morning, one of my son's teachers, his name is Mark Moss, came to pick up my son. And I told my son, if Mark came, tell him to come inside the house. So Mark came to make the history short. Mark was able to connect me with one of the lawyers in the town. And the time I met with that lawyer, that's where the logo of African Relief Minister come from. So it is just an example that when we are united as brothers and, 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 and sisters in Christ, we, we will be able to help those who are in need. And this hand come from Africa, another hand come from United States. So we join together uh, to help our brothers and sisters who are in need. So the mission of Africa Relief Minister was started in 2007. Uh, that was our first trip to South Sudan. But in 2009, we started our actual work providing funds to 60 widows uh, through microfinance. So what we do, we give $100. And that's what we are working on right now. We are working on the book that we're going to call The, the Power of $100. So we give one widow $100 where she will start a small business. So many widows... W- whom we actually put into our program, became so successful. We reached up to 420 widows by 2017, last year. So our number reached to 420 widows. So uh, the, last year we, we were in Gambella, and uh, 
this is the team that won last year, and this is the time we, we had uh, a feed wash, the time of our arrivals. Uh, they are, deacons are actually leading us into the church. So we are in the, inside the church. Uh, we start, uh, Dr. Mary start uh, teaching. We had 250 pastors last year that we trained from different denominations. As I mentioned earlier, you see, in South Sudan, there was a conflict within the denomination themselves. But I just, through this ministry, uh, I brought all the de- uh, denomination pastors together and, and, and trained them what it means to be united, what it means to be brothers and sisters in Christ. You see, what is, how important it is when, when pastors come together, pray for one another. So we had this, uh, this number of people. Uh, this is a, uh, this, this one, uh, this, is actually, this is the reason why Okay, this is the reason why we are actually trying to help widows. Because this is how, this is how, this is how they survive. Uh, they go to the forest and start collecting firewood, carrying it during the day, selling it out. Uh, if they fail, if, if, if that, that bundle of, of, of wood, if no one buys it for the day, then they have no food for the day. If somebody buys it, you see, and that's when she will go to the market and buy the food right there and bring it home. That's how many, many of our widows live their life. So there's no fridge, there's nothing, there's no place to even store food. You see, they live day by day. And uh, because of that kind of life, we felt uh, this is a time that we start actually giving money to the widows. You see... This is last year we had 110 widows in our programs. And then they start sharing what the happiness and uh, what it means for them to. uh, And this is how. And then this is uh, 150 uh, orphan kids that we we are working with them. Last year we, we bought them some clothes, we feed them while we are there. And we will do the same thing this year. Uh, in different Robert G. camp, the total of our orphan kids is uh, 600 uh, orphan children that we are visioning to help. We don't have that much to help, but this is the least that we have right now. So this time is a time that we start dividing close to them. Uh, this boy was actually the time when we started giving them some clothes. He never realized that someone, someone would come and, and give him some clothes. So he just started crying and come and lean on me. Uh, this is a, 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 a very difficult moment where even myself started crying. Uh, and then I started praying for him. This is just an example. Uh, 
Now you can see the current life. This is a current life in South Sudan where you see children even walking without clothes. This is real. I was the one taking this picture. You see, uh, if you compare this life right now with the life that we have here in America, uh, we can give thanks to God, you see, with, with, with what we have, with, with the blessing that we have. But in South Sudan, this is the current life. So this is the land that was given to African Relief Ministry uh, in Gambela, Ethiopia. This is how green it is uh, during this time. So uh, we, we are visioning to build uh, a, a ministry center that we can use for orphans and widows and pastoral training. So uh, we, this is a time when Pastor Todd who actually went with me was able to pray over the land. So we start clearing it. This is what we are visioning uh, to look like. And uh, at the same time, this is how much we need. God may speak to somebody today. You see, God would speak to somebody and say, give those 250,000 to that project. If God can speak to you that way, do that. Don't, don't make an argument with God. Hallelujah. So that's exactly what we are looking right now. If we get this, we can even start building and just pray that God will provide uh, the fund for this program. Uh, we, we estimate like we can even build 186 rooms for just this much of money. Uh, and I believe this can go to only one house here in America. But over there, it can build that much. This is a time of our conference. This is actually a time where we, after everything, we had three-day uh, revivals. Uh, 3,000 people every day. All of these are Nazarenes. Uh, all of these co uh, choir groups used, they are actually from the Church of the Nazarene, uh, where we will, we will be. Uh, after everything, the governor actually invited me into his home just to have a dinner with him. Uh, the governor of, of Gambele, Ethiopia. He was so delighted with all the programs that we, we brought into the region, uh, helping widows and all the programs. Plus, there were two tribes in Gambela, Anyuag and Nue. They became enemy to one another for years in that region. But uh, as you see, 250 pastors, Anyuag pastors and Nuer pastors plus others came together and tear on their eyes, crying, you see, it was a great and a blessing time uh, for different tribes coming together in the church. Well, uh, this year we are visioning to help uh, 200 uh, widows through microfinance, and that's, that would cost us 20,000. Uh, we are visioning to 30, uh, 300 pastors, and that we are actually uh, looking for $5,000 feed and buying clothes for six 
100 orphan kids that would uh, cost us $3,000. This year, we want to provide cow, goats, and, and hens to the pastors who have no income. Cow, one cow costs $100. And I think over here, one cow may cost maybe 500 or 400 But over there, you see, it costs only $100. You can buy a cow to one pastor who have no income, you see, and that will be a blessing. So you can give uh, monthly $5, $10. Uh, uh, that, that will keep our ministry uh, grow. It is indeed our prayer that our Lord, who is more than enough, uh, will give you more opportunity to support widows, orphans, pastoral training, trauma awareness, uh, funding the Armed Ministry Center in Gambela, Ethiopia. So, all right. so the last one, the one that just went, is that I have some envelopes in my car. If someone wanted to, 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 to give, I have more envelopes. We can put them out uh, over here. So African Relief Ministry is a non-profit ministry. Whenever you give, you actually claim it during the tag return uh, time. So let's build partner together. You see, stand with us. You see, we, want, we, we will lean on you and, uh, and, 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 and so that we can help those who are in need. Uh, that's, that's all about African Relief Ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now we will go to the message. We will go to the message. And I'm glad that earlier, while we were in the services, you actually read uh, the, the, the Bible that I already selected, Second uh, Chronicle, uh, chapter uh, 7. So you already selected that. So uh, when we come to God with all of our heart and with clear conscience, then we receive what we have of him. Prayers always remind church families, community, and people alike to renew their faith with Christ Jesus. So today, when we come to, to the house of God and talk about what it means to pray, many of you know why you are in this place. And that's why we have some scripture that we will be sharing, that remind you of what you, you can do in terms of prayer. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 28. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's just have a word of prayer. Almighty God, we are ready, Lord. We are ready to learn your word. We are ready to talk to you. We, we ask you, Lord Jesus, to lead us through this. We ask you, Almighty God, to speak to all of us today. Give us way, Almighty God, to pay, pay more attention to your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to bring us to this word. Pray continually. Sometimes 
as Christians, we forget that prayer is something that you can do whether you are in, in the car or you are at work or you, wherever you are or you are in the shopping center. You can continue praying. You see, pray continually. You see, don't give, don't give devil a chance. Pray continually because when you, con- when you pray every day, when you pray every time, you get the power. And that's how you, you, you become strong in peace. You see, that's when you will know how to fight with, with the devil. Hallelujah. Because when, when you are fighting with the devil, you see, you have to be ready. And the only way that will give you an opportunity to fight back is when you continue praying and say, Lord, I want to walk with you. I want, I want to give my life to you. Lord Jesus, I'm yours. Lead me, Lord. I'm, 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 I'm here for you, Almighty God. So when you continue praying, you get the power. You can never get the power of God when you are not praying. Hallelujah. When I say hallelujah, I want to hear it from you. Hallelujah. We want to shout because we are in the house of God. We need to shout. Huh? Hallelujah. Amen. So anyway, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. That means in any regardless of what you go through. Give thanks. If your car broke down like what happened to me uh, before yesterday, give thanks to God. You see, whatever situation you went through, you just need to be thankful. That's why this man Give thanks to God when he was in a very deep, difficult situation, Job's. So Job's went through a very difficult situation, regardless of what he went through, regardless of losing all his family, regardless of losing every property that he, he owned, he is still giving thanks to God. Regardless of the sickness that he even went through, he's still giving thanks to God. You see, Others people came to him and said, Job, why don't you just curse God? You, 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 you always say God can do something. Why God you not do something now? And Job said, we need to give thanks to God in every circumstance. Regardless of what you go through, regardless of the fire that is coming behind to your door, you just need to give thanks to God. God is God. And he just needs our heart. He just needs you. He just needs you to walk with him. And that's what I like about Corinical that we just read earlier. Because when, when, when in, in Chronicle chapter 2, uh, Chronicle uh, chapter 7, Solomon was praying. He was praying after when, 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 when he finished building the temple. And when he was praying, the fire came down and consumed all the offerings that were given to God. That was through the prayer. The fire did not come down without somebody asking God. It was through this relationship from Solomon to God. So when you pray, 
You just need to believe that God is going to hear you. God is going to listen to you. God is going to respond to your prayers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. First Thessalonians chapter 5. That, okay, the same thing. Let's just go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guide your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I know maybe Pastor Brian did not feel that way, but that's, that, that's how I make noise, you see. <laughs> so, you see, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Give your life to God. Give your time to God. Pray continually. You see, present what present every need to Jesus and he will take care of that. Sometimes we, we, we tend to deal with things by our own way. But what about if we bring things to God? What about if we say, God, here are the situation. Here is my situation. Here is my problem. Would you take care of it? And God will say, yes. Let me deal with it. And that's, what, that's where we are today. God will, through prayers, he will guide your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's when you feel God. When you are praying, you feel God in your heart. And your mind will be clear. Because two things need the heart. God needs to be in your heart or devil wants to be in your heart. But which one are you going to allow? You need to allow God to be in your heart. And the only way that you will allow God to be in your heart is when you pray to God. Is when you pray, when you have a consistent prayer to God, when you talk to God, when you become a friend to God, and when you become a friend to God, He will walk with you. And that's, that's what God said to, 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 to Solomon. And say, listen, listen, Solomon. If my people are walking with me, this is what I will do to them. But if they are not walking with me, this is what will happen to them as well. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and call upon me, I will come in and do everything they ask. Hallelujah. We are in the house of God today. So, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. But what about if we come to God with something that is, that is, that is not even important to him? There are things that are not important to God. 
If we ask according to his will, he hears us. What about if you say, God killed that person? That's not God's that's not God will. What about if you say, God blessed that person? That's, that's his will right there. So if we ask according to his will, he hears us. But if we ask God to do something horrible to somebody, that's not God's will, that's your will. What about if you, if you pray over your pastor? What about if you pray over your neighbor? What about if you pray over your church congregation? Your brothers and sisters in the church, you pray for one another. You guys can start praying for one another. And you guys have to know each other's. This is what I always challenge my congregation. I say, tell me the name of somebody sitting next to you. Because sometimes we come into the house of God, you see, we sit in the same church, and sometimes we do not even know ourselves. We just know only the name of the pastor. But if we live as a family in the same house, what do we need to do? We need to know ourselves. We need to be united. We need to pray for one another. We need to show love. We need, we need to do things together. And that's what makes the house a place for people. Hallelujah. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in a prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Devote yourself in what? To prayers. Devote yourself to prayers. All of us, we need to devote ourselves to prayers. Sometimes we devote ourselves on the, on the television. There are people who can devote themselves watching the TV for the whole day. I'm not saying that TV is, is wrong, but you see, is it not a blessing when, when, when you devote yourself in a prayer? When you and your husband, when you and your wife hold their hand together and say, let's pray. When, when you set a time of prayer, when you set a, a altar in your home, a place where you can just Go and pray. It's another blessing. Devote yourself to prayers. Don't devote yourself to anything. Yes, we devote ourselves to work, to make some money. That's okay. But God said, save me first. And all the things that you want will be added to you. Through what? Through prayer. Save me first. Everything that we need will come after we devote ourselves to God. When we devote ourselves to God, God will start communicating with us. Mark, then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will do what? And I will listen to you. This is a clear message. When we bring so many things to God, we just want to believe that is. He already, he already hear us. He hear our request. 
Whatever we bring to God, He hears us. And that's, that's why we come into the house of God. That's why we come here today. Because we know all the burden, things that we cannot even able to care. There is somebody who's waiting and said, bring all the heavy load to me. And that's God. We are here to bring all the heavy load, things that are messing our life. You see? Things that mess up our life. We are bringing all those things to God. And say, Lord, here is our heavy load. Take them away from us. Hallelujah. Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Be joyful in patience, in affliction, faithful in the prayer. And when you pray, do not keep on bubbling like fagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. God, God even tell us how to pray. How to be honest when we pray. How we can show respect when we pray. How we can humble ourselves when we pray. When I grown up, I grown up as a Presbyterian. But we, we never went into the altar. There was no altar call when we grown up. You see, but there was a time I went to Canada. And while I was in Canada in 2004, having a, a revival, I invite people to come forward into the altar. And one man was sitting back. He saw his wife coming forward and kneeled down. And the man was actually questioning himself. What happened to my wife? We came home as like there is no problem. What happened to, to her right now? Because we were trained that when coming into the altar, it means that you are a sinner. And that's, that's wrong. That's wrong. We always need to come before God, come into the altar, pray, give, give imitate your life to God. For when two or three gather in my name, there I with them. So what the church you are the church. You are the body of Christ. What will make this church a great church in this community is when you guys become the prayer warrior. Pray continually. Pray for the church to reach out. Pray for the community. Pray for one another. And when you do that, let two people hold their hand together. Let them pray. Why, why don't we just do it right now? Whoever is next to you, hold your hand and, and just have a one minute, minute, minute prayer for, for the person next to you. Let's just do that right now. You may have something that, you, that God wants you to pray over that person. Let's just do that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. If two or three gather in my name, he said what? Is that with them? So as we are here now, God is with us. 
You just need to open your life to him and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Use me, God. Let us then approach God, a throne of grace, with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help, to help us in our time of need. But when you, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who will see what is done in secret will reward you. This is actually what I want to say something about it. In my di- distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From, from his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ear. Sometimes we got distressed. And when we got distressed, we think that when we go to the doctor, that's where this distress will go away. That reminds me of what it means to pray. When you distress, you don't even need time. You just need to pray. You see? You don't need medicine when you, when you, dis, when you, when you are depressed. You just need to humble before God and, and imitate your life to God and say, here I am, Lord. So our distress can be solved when we come to God. And that comes through prayers. Through prayers, in, it was 1992, when I was actually surrounded by four people who wanted to kill me. We left the refugee camp because there was a tribe in Ethiopia. They wanted to kill us with the refugee, and they were actually uh, fighting with their own government. But while we are leaving the town around 6 in the evening, I was between people. There were people behind me. There were people ahead of me. I was in between. So when, when they saw me, they just came. One in front of me, one on this side, one on my... So four people, they just point their foregun to me. And I was just saying, well, these are the people that we just run from them. And here they find me, they capture me. What am I going to do? I have nothing. I look around, there's nothing that I can do. Even if I cry, there's nothing. Crying will not even help me. I look around, I, my mother was not even near, near me. No one actually can help. And I say, oh wow, there is somebody ahead of me. Somebody who has more power than the power of this guy. Now I'm now talking with God. And I say, God, if you have planned for me, if this is the day that you want me to come home, I'm ready to come home. But if, if this is not the day, tell this guy, tell them something right now. So in five minutes, they, did, they were not saying anything. I was not saying anything. We were just keeping silent. I was just waiting for the bullets on me. But God said, no, this is not the time. I want you to go to Colorado. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> this is not the time for, 
for you to come home. I have more, more, more years for you. And then he says something to this guy. And then I hear one guy say, go. Actually, I start walking like the way they find me. I was just walking normally. Because who can run faster than the bullet? No one. I was trusting the Lord that he will take care of me. Because I already talked to him. And I say, if this is the time, I'm ready to come home. But if this is not the time, tell them something. Talk to this guy right now. And he did. He did. Right away, he did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, in every situation, when you call on him, he's always with you. He hears you. He stands with you. One last, one last uh, testimony. It was a time when I was really young. And the river that we used to play connected with the Nile. So we have a lot of crocodiles. So as, as boys, we tend to run into the, we jump into the river after one another. We, that's what we've been doing. But on that evening, you see, it, it come to my turn for me to jump into the river. And something, God said, no, 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 no. That's not the time for you to jump. Of the boy were actually encouraging me and saying, Michael, please jump, because they wanted to come and jump after me. But God actually got a hold of me. He said, No, he stand. The reason why God was actually holding on me not to jump into the river is because the crocodile actually hear us. And it, 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 it was right there waiting for me. You see, it was right there waiting for me to jump. One jump, and that will be the end of my life on that day. And God said, no, no, no. I want you to go to Colorado. <laughs> That's not the end of you. <laughs> I, I don't need you home now. I don't want you home until you share this message to my people in Colorado. Let them be fair, fair. Let them pray to me. Let them give their life to me. Let them trust me. Let them give everything to me. Hallelujah. And in a couple of seconds, crocodile did not wait enough. He just jumped up. And the water from the river come all the way to us. And we start running. You see, everybody start running for his life. Those are the things that I want to share with you today. God is God. God can stand with you in any situation. Death, when death comes, is not an accident. Even if you see somebody dying on the car accident, it is because that's, that's his day. God called people in different ways. God called people home through his permission. God cannot we can never surprise God and say, here we are. He's the one calling us home. It was 2014 when I was actually mourning for the loss of my two youngest brothers who lost their life with the current civil war in my country. So I was mourning 
And while I was mourning, I was crying inside. And one night I had a dream, seeing my two brothers leaning on the wall. Two of them were standing on, on a, a, a tall wall that I cannot even see the top of it. And that was on that day. God was just reminding me, your brothers are alive. You will meet them. They are here with me. Stop crying. Just celebrate. Your day is coming. When your days come, you will meet them. And that's sometimes as, as, as people, we, we mourn for, the, for our lost one. But when we hear the voice of God through prayers or in a dream, that's when we have the confidence. So anyway, we will be traveling to Africa uh, this coming weekend. Continue praying for us. We will continue praying for you. And God is going to lift this church up and I just encourage you today, be a people of prayer. You see, I, I, I always challenge my leaders, and I say, we don't want to be in the shallow river. We want to be deep in, into the river. You see, we want to go deep into the oceans through prayer. Imitate your life to God. Talk to Him. And when you do that, you will be the joyous human being. And people will see his mind. People will surprise. Why this man look like this? Why this woman look like this? Every day she smiles. And what, what is going on? Because something is giving you more. Because you have the joy of God. We don't want to walk like today we walk like this. And tomorrow we walk. No. We want to be joyful daily. Rejoice always. Rejoice. Hallelujah. Well, I don't want to keep you hostage. Uh, let, uh, let our pastor come, Pastor Brian. Can we thank him? <clears throat> so here's how we want to close today. We want to close in prayer. And uh, so I want to invite George and Michael and, and then myself, we're just going to come right up here, and, and we're going to pray for our time in Ethiopia with African Relief Ministries. Anybody that wants to come up and come around us and join us in prayer, uh, we want to invite you to do so right now. Um, and um, Greg, you're on your way up. Thank you. I, I want to... I'm going to ask Greg to do something. I didn't give him advance notice on this. You just got back from your mission trip, and I'd like for you to be the one that kind of leads out on the microphone as we pray together. Can you do that? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this awesome opportunity that you are giving these men. Lord, we thank you for this message this morning. We, we, we've heard the message about prayer. And God, when we, when we walk in your ways and when we do what you want us to do, Lord, that you are with us, you protect us, you lead us, you guide us, you help us in every step of the way. And Father, I thank you for Pastor Michael on this message. Lord, the way that you are leading him and helping him in ministry. And Father, I thank you for his vision in this place in Ethiopia that they are going. 
God, just raise this up in Jesus' name. I pray for, for George. I pray for Pastor Brian. God, that you will, you will protect them, Lord, as they travel. God, that you will, you will be with them. Your spirit will just uphold them and guide them and give them the strength that they need day by day to do the work that they are doing. And, Father, I pray your blessings upon their lives. But, Lord, we pray your blessings upon this ministry. God, may souls be changed for the kingdom of God. May orphans and widows, God, be, be helped. And, Lord, through this, may ministry come. And, Father, I pray that you will just lead them and help them. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So stand with us as I say a blessing over you. And thank you for your continued prayers throughout the next two weeks. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you. May he fill you with his unbelievable peace this week. Have an amazing one. We will see you next Sunday.